In the name of one God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, greetings, friends, on this second Sunday of the liturgical season of Easter. And as last week, as we heard, we left off with an empty tomb to the, to the tune of Alleluia, Christ is risen. Well, today we continue into the Easter story and we get to say that indeed he has risen. Alleluia. As Joe just read us in the Gospel of John, the 20th chapter, that John is going to take us on this journey. And in this journey, we are going to come across three post-resurrection appearances where Christ indeed, the risen Christ, appears to Mary Magdalene, to ten of the disciples, and then to our good old friend, Doubting Thomas. And in those interactions, in those encounters, we're going to see how the risen Christ meets the, those people and the, and the groups that they are in in just the way that they need to be met in the circumstances that they are going through at that time. So first we have Mary Magdalene. Now, Mary Magdalene had been one of the last at the cross of Christ, one of the last people that was there as he died. And she would pay a little tribute as he, as he had passed on at that point. And then she would follow Joseph of Arimathea to the actual tomb where the body of Jesus would be laid for the few days. And then that is how she knew that as the, that night came to an end, or in an early morning, on that first Sunday or that resurrection Sunday, she would be in great sorrow, great despair and agony and pain in grieving for her close friend and teacher, Jesus. She was going to that tomb and taking all the things that she needed as were the custom of Jewish burial tradition to do the final preparations for the body of Jesus. And as she would come to do that, in her grief, she would find the rolled away stone at the tomb and no body of Jesus there. And of course, she would begin the, earner, er, the internal turmoil of what, what is going on? What has happened? And she brings her head into the tomb and there where the body of Jesus would have been laid were two angels, one at the head and one at the feet. And they ask her, who are you looking for? Jesus is not here. And we hear in great distress, Mary saying that in internal wrestle that she has, as she has come looking for a dead body, and perhaps it was to help her grieve, doing one last thing for her friend in preparing his body for burial, that she is like, I want this body to finish these things. And she turns her head away from the miraculous open tomb and from angels that have told her he is not here. And she supposes Jesus has now come into the scene in full resurrection body. And she supposes we hear as in the text that it's a gardener and doesn't recognize Jesus at first. And Jesus tells her, asks her, woman, who are you looking for? And she asked the gardener, have you taken his body? Where have you taken it? If you tell me where it is, I will go get it and bring it back to where it rightfully needs to be. And in great grief, Jesus speaks to her and says, Mary. 
And in that moment, we can only imagine the internal transformation back to a life of joy. When she turns and sees the risen Christ, Jesus there, and she says, Rabuni, and she, that is teacher as we hear, and they are reunited. But we hear Jesus tell her, don't be, grab on to me closely right now for I need to ascend to my father. But he commissions her and says, go and deliver the message to the 10 disciples that I am here and tell them everything that I have told you now. That takes us to the locked room where the 10 disciples are in great fear in hiding with the door slammed shut and locked tightly. Now we hear Mary comes to them as they are in this great fear of the Jews. For they think as followers of Christ, as he has been executed, now their, their time is in, is, will be coming soon where possibly the Jews will come for them and execute the rest of the people in the Jesus mo movement, his closest followers and disciples at that time. Not only are they in great fear, but just think, they had been with Jesus the last three and a half years learning and things were going really well, seeing miracles, great teachings, healings, all of these things. And all of a sudden, Jesus is dead. This kingdom of God that they thought was coming and that they were being prepared for looked like it had come to an end. They had lost their identity. They had lost their hope and they had lost their directions. Well, in Mary comes to them first and says, Jesus is alive. He is back and here is what he has told me. And they don't receive her testimony at first. But again, in resurrection body, Jesus comes on the scene to the tent. And he says, Shalom, peace be with you. He shows them the wounds of the crucifixion. And then he says, I breathe on you the Holy Spirit. I am here and I commission you and breathe the Holy Spirit upon you. And he gives them a final instruction of the importance of forgiveness. But twice he says to them, peace be with you. He brings that comfort that only the peace of God that surpasses all understanding can bring as they realize that he is indeed back and he is indeed risen. And they are transformed right there in that locked room from that place of fear and loss of hope to back to full life and joy in Christ as he will send them out to be messengers of the testimony that he is indeed risen. And that brings us to doubting Thomas. We hear with the ten, he is not there at that moment for whatever reason. But eight days later, he comes back and he, it, the disciples are again in that locked room, but he is now with them. And he, they, they tell Thomas, Jesus is back. He is risen from the dead. And you can only imagine his response as he has earned throughout history the name Doubting. He says, or he can be in that internal wrestle. Yes, I know him or knew him. Yes, I walked with him. Yes, I heard his, his teaching, saw him do miracles and healing. But dead people do not walk again. 
And because of that, I do not and will not believe unless I see him here and see the, put my finger in the hole in his hand and my hand within the wound in his side. Thomas says, I will not believe. Well, again, into that locked room, Jesus walks in and again, he brings the peace, the shalom of God and says, peace be with you. And he directly addresses Thomas. And he says, Thomas, put your finger here and your hand here. And we hear the response breaking down that doubt within Thomas to a moment of belief and restoration of full life and joy with Jesus Christ through his resurrection. We hear him say, my Lord and my God. As I was preparing and reading this text over and over again for this, for this sermon today, I, I obviously take great hope and encouragement from these resurrection appearances with Jesus. But there's part of me in the back of my mind that just wishes I could jump into my, my time machine, my DeLorean from Back to the Future, where I could fire up the flux capacitor and go back and actually see these encounters in live, vivid, in-person, 3D, 4D, just to see Jesus interacting in these moments. And I just wish when we are in circumstances like we still find ourselves in this pandemic within coronavirus, that I could have that Jesus in the flesh with me, just as he has been in the text with Mary Magdalene, with the 10 and with Thomas. But that's where verses 29 through 31 that Joe finished off with really come into power for us. We hear in verse 29, he tells Thomas, as this is the end of that encounter, you are blessed because you have seen. Do not doubt, but believe. But the blessing of God falls upon those who have never seen and yet believe. And then verse 30 speaks of the things that Jesus has done with the disciples that aren't recorded in Scripture, which another thing I wish I could go back and see. But the real thing that ties it all off is the finishing in verse 31, which says, all of these things you have heard, all of these encounters that, that you have just read about and experienced, they are recorded so that people may come to believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the risen Christ. And because of that, everyone may have full restoration back to full life and joy in Jesus Christ. On this second Sunday of the Easter season, how are you? Much like Mary Magdalene, do you find yourself in a position of great grief and sorrow and just, just as, as she experienced it or as you experience it now, do you find yourself in that place of grief? Much like the 10, are you fear in great fear or even scared of the days and weeks ahead? Or do you find yourself in loss of purpose or loss of hope? Or like our friend Doubting Thomas, if you were in a full season of not having faith or even unbelief, my prayer would be that as it says, those that have not seen, but still believe. That for Mary Magdalene, it was his voice calling out, Mary. And wherever you find yourselves, may you hear the voice of God calling your name. 
and in seasons of despair and grief and sorrow, may God restore you to that same place of joy and full restoration in life through the resurrection of Christ. And like all of the disciples that were in that locked room, if your heart is in that position of being locked away tightly, even from fear or loss of hope or identity, or even in that season of not having faith or disbelieving or unbelieving all of it, may the Holy Spirit of Christ break down that lock, appear to you in your hearts in those seasons, and offer you restoration of the joy of Christ. This is the power of the resurrection made visible and tangible to us all, all the way back then to Mary Magdalene and to the other disciples. Look at how it changed them and how it continues to change us. By his cross, by his resurrection, his love, his mercy and his grace, we are all, all have the promise of full restoration and joy in him. And may this message of the power of resurrection meet you in the ups and the trying circumstances of life. And may the joy of walking with Christ return. In his holy name. Amen. 1342. Yeah. And it was either.